Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress and writer and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's joining us today. This will be our last episode for 2023. And I just wanted to take a moment to say how thankful we are that you've listened in and join us, joined us on our many, many, many discussions throughout this year. It's really such a joy to have you here with us. Agreed. I would have to second that. <laughs> We'll be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we will recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week, and finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world, brought us joy, or built us up that week. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My thorn and rose this week actually, strangely enough, happened on the same day. Um, So my thorn was that someone close to me had a very intense surgery yesterday. So that was just a lot on mine and my husband's minds, a lot, you know, a lot to to, uh, lift up to the Lord in prayer and just be, I don't know, you want to be present and thoughtful and not, but not worry, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of dwell in that, that space when you're, Mm -hmm. you want to be hopeful that things will go as, as planned and that, you know, the typical high percentage of success is the case (laughs) that it happens. And while also just holding that intentions and relying, relying on God for, for the outcome. So that, Definitely presented um, a different thorn than we would typically have in a given week. But mm-hmm. my rose was that um, following so far what we see as, as a successful um, completion of that surgery and hopefully a good road of healing ahead is um, we got to spend some time with some friends in the evening. So just getting to relax and be at some friend's house for dinner. They served us a lovely meal and we brought a bottle of wine to contribute and we just had great conversation and laughter and just feeling inspired by each other. It's just, it just was a really rich time. So I, I was feeling very, very grateful. Hmm. That's a lovely rose to finish off a, mm-hmm. a strange thorn of a week. Yeah. Well, my thorn this week is that uh, when we are recording this, I'm going to be traveling soon, which just means that my anxiety is just a little bit higher. Um, you know, I, it, you have all these uh, checklists. I have to make sure that I do this before I leave. I have to make sure that I get this, leave the house like this, you know? Um, so just a little bit of anxiety and also just, I, 
I love traveling. I don't love the the act of traveling. I don't love going to the airport and being on a plane. Um, and so I'm just, I'll, I'll be looking forward to kind of getting through that part of it. Um, and, and on being on the other side in Colorado, which is, um, when this episode comes out, I will, I will already be through it. <laughs> um, but my rose is not exactly a rose from this week, but it's more of a general rose from this, um, past year. And that has been having you, Jessica, as my wonderful co-host to walk through this experience of, of beginning this podcast and, um, this past full year of, of podcasting. And, um, it's just been so wonderful to have you on board. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute honor and a joy and, uh, appreciate that you asked me. It's been great. (laughs) All right. So just a couple of things before we go ahead and move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we'd love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would be honored to have the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for this week, which covers the subject of how to handle being single with a family that during the holidays is asking lots of questions about Mm. that. Dear Wallflower, I'm a woman in my late 20s, and like many around this time of year, I will be going home to be with my family for the holidays. There are many things I love about being home, but one thing I do not love is the questions I get every year about my relationship status. I've been single for a few years now, and while I would love to find my Mr. Right, I just haven't found him yet. And my family has a way of always zeroing in on that fact. They aren't critical, just never fail to bring it up. I know they just want me to be happy, but the comments and questions get a little bit tiring and even embarrassing. How do I handle these questions gracefully? Signed, yes, I'm still single. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer? Well, first of all, this is so frustrating. I really do feel for our writer and her sign off says it all. Yes, I'm still single. You know, there's just this, I feel like there's a sigh in there that I can read between the (laughs) lines. And uh, I just want to say I'm sighing right there with you. Getting the same question time after time, especially when it toes that line of being hurtful, I just you know, she appears to feel exasperated and I can certainly see why. While she won't be able to necessarily stop these questions from coming her way, how she responds may have an impact on any conversation that follows and might even perhaps help to set the tone for future interactions. It can certainly be difficult to keep your cool and respond with grace when a subject hits a nerve like this. So, Um, I do think it is so wise for our writer to be considering this matter in advance of her time spent with family this holiday season. I also want to say here at the top that I think it's wonderful that our writer wants to answer her family's questions with grace. I imagine it could really be tempting and easy to let frustration get the upper hand. And so I admire her for seeking to avoid that. I'll give a couple of ideas for ways that she might consider responding 
depending on the situation and um, who is asking her. At the end of the day, it's going to be up to her, you know, to discern which approach is best given her contacts and the people she's interacting with. So one option for responding is simply laugh it off. You might say, yep, still single. Too bad for those great single guys out there. They're missing out. Or maybe something as simple as, yep, oh well. Shrug your shoulders and smile. Just show that you're interested in moving on. Mm -hmm. You're not really interested in engaging the topic any further. While this certainly may be challenging on the inside because of what you're feeling and how much it really hurts, it could be a way for you to comport yourself externally in order to help move on from that topic, assuming that you don't want to get into any more details, at least. Additionally, while I generally don't like to advise being flippant about things that matter deeply to us, sometimes, depending on the context, a bit of lightness can be just what is needed to help you and others move on to a different topic of discussion. If your family members persist, either not picking up on the clue that you don't want to talk about this or even just choosing to ignore it, maybe you could also say, you know, I appreciate that you care about me in this way, but I'm not interested in talking about it. And those words can be said in a lot of different ways. So I would say, you know, if you want to have that kind of laugh it off, shrug it off sort of approach, say keep your tone light and matter of fact. Um, Try to make sure that you smile, even if it's just a little bit. And even if you feel like you're faking it a little bit, like just you're, you're putting on this sort of... It's it's an effort to display, you know, to get to get through to them that you know, like this is <laughs> this is not something that I want to address right now. So mm-hmm. hopefully they will be able to see that and respect that and agree to move on. On the other side of the coin, um, it's it's funny. I feel like I'm offering like a light option and then like a really deep option. I feel like at least for me this week, I didn't really have <laughs> very good in between. <laughs> Maybe you will, Kelia. But on the other <laughs> side of the coin, I would say you might choose to be open and vulnerable about how receiving the questions make you feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is going to come down to who, who your family is and how you relate to them, but you might be able to say something like, I know you care for me and that you mean well, but for me, receiving that question every time we get together is actually really hard. Hearing the emotion come through and expressing from your own point of view, your own vantage point, that there's an emotional difficulty may be a great way to go. You know, starting with admitting this might open up the opportunity to share a bit more if you Mm -hmm. feel open to it. And it actually could be part of a really significant and meaningful interaction for you and a family member to have. And as I've said many times before, focus on stating how you feel with saying I and me rather than using you statements, which can sound accusatory and make your Mm -hmm. listener feel defensive. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you won't be able to say this sort of thing to everyone, but maybe even just one of your parents or one of your siblings or cousins could be more receptive or easier for you to start with in a kind of one-on-one interaction. I think having at least someone understand where you're coming from could be a really great comfort to you. And this particular path, if you want to go the vulnerable route, 
is going to take careful discernment for sure. Um, for myself as someone who knows what it is like not to feel heard, I would advise discerning when you think your words will be well received. You know, so while you can't control when the question comes up, you certainly can discern the best way to respond, both um, based on how you are feeling at the time and what you feel like you're up for and have the energy for, and then also through uh, reading the room, you know, assessing the receptiveness to those who are around you. What kind of thoughts do you have on this topic, Helia? Well, um, I can tell that our writer is feeling a lot of emotions, a mix of emotions. Mm. Um, she obviously loves her family. She says that there are a lot of things that she loves about being home, but um, she's become anxious perhaps at the idea of being with them, especially around this time of year because Christmas time, the holidays, you know, they have a way of getting us to reassess our lives. Um, of course, with a new year just around the corner, but also because we've gathered again with our loved ones. And it's not uncommon to think about what's changed since the last time you all came together for a meal around the table with a Christmas tree in the corner, right? And even if a lot of things in our writer's uh, life have changed since then, it sounds like this is one change over the last year that just has not yet occurred, um, despite her desire for the opposite. And for that, first, my heart just goes out to her. It's not easy to feel as though a particular facet of our story isn't moving forward like the way that we want it to. And something that I noticed is that um, our writer understands that her family just wants her to be happy. That's why they bring the subject up. And first, I'm glad that this seems to be the reason behind what they're doing. Um, it, it's much better than otherwise. But second, it's good to hear that our writer can see that, that she's able to read that into their intention. So we're already starting off on a much better foot than I think a lot of people are. Um, however, this does not change the pain that our writer feels when her relationship status is brought up and into question, which is seemingly every year in some way or another. So she asks, how can I respond to these questions and comments gracefully? And my first thought, and I'm saying this because it sounds like she has some amount of comfort with her family. Um, my, my thought was whether or not a writer has been open about how these comments and questions make her feel. Mm. Has she expressed that they're tiring and embarrassing to her family? I think it's normal to wish that they would just catch on. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe this year they won't ask, maybe this year they won't ask. But this could unfortunately, be just a blind spot of theirs because everyone has their blind spots, right? Um, especially if others in the family have not shared this particular struggle of finding the right person. So from their perspective, they might think that they're just trying to show interest in her life and ask about things that they know she desires. Um, 
So if a writer hasn't told them how the comments make her feel, how can she? I might take aside a trusted family member that she's especially close with and approach them with her issue. She might say that while she appreciates that everyone is invested in her life and wants to see her happy, that these comments put a damper on her mood and her spirit because they turn her attention towards something that she would rather not dwell on at the moment. And perhaps even highlighting a specific moment or question that a family member asked could help them understand exactly what she's getting at. She could explain that this question might have felt innocent um, to the asker or even thoughtful, (laughs) but it caused her to feel down for the rest of the day. Um, Because we don't always realize the effect that our words have on someone else. What seems like just a simple question to one person might be cutting another person really, really deeply. And it sounds like her family's just unaware of how much their comments are hurting her. But even if a writer does do this, she can't necessarily um, control what other people do. And uh, it doesn't mean that she won't still get a question from someone or even someone who, you know, is outside of the family, you know, the, the, the immediate family. I mean, maybe an aunt or, or even a family friend will come over for dinner and bring up her relationship status. So how can she handle that gracefully in the moment? Um, my first thought is she could reply with something along the lines of, yeah, I'm still single, but I'll tell you when that changes with a smile to lightly and <laughs> kindly discourage them from asking like again. <laughs> I'll call I, you. <laughs> you'll call know. I'll call you'll you. know. <laughs> so I think that this really gets to the point and it redirects the conversation elsewhere without making the other person feel uncomfortable. It also makes the person feel like, oh, she would, she would tell me that I feel good about that. <laughs> Um, if she, you know, isn't just asked, are you still single, but why are you still single or how are you still single? You know, these are variations that I think I've heard a lot of people talk about. Um, and I think these questions are often meant to just be taken as a compliment of a sort, like, oh, I can't believe that someone as wonderful as you just hasn't found the right guy, but they're still a little bit hurtful and uncomfortable potentially. So how can she handle these questions gracefully? She could consider saying something effective. I just haven't found the right person yet. And I would rather be single than get into a relationship with the wrong person. Then she could change the subject and kindly ask them about whatever might be going on in their life. And this response won't elicit pity, which I think is a big plus for a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the last thing she probably wants to feel from people right now. But it, it also lets everyone know that she is resolute in her decision to wait it out for the right person. And hopefully that won't invite further questions. And changing the subject to ask about the person's life, you know, kind of allows her to take a little bit of control of the conversation in a way that will both protect her from hurtful comments and makes the other person feel good that someone is taking interest in their life. That's everyone loves that. (laughs) So lastly, I just want to take a few moments to encourage our writer. 
this is a difficult time of year to be single. It's a season when, with everyone coming together, it might feel all the more obvious that the role of the significant other in your life has yet to be cast. And I want to encourage her as she navigates this season of both holidays and family gatherings and singleness to continue to hold fast to her standards and her desire in a partner while remaining open to the possibility that her significant other might be a little bit different than she'd imagined. We cannot control when we will meet the right person, but we can always be doing something to prepare ourselves to be ready for when it happens. If she is a person of faith, she can continue to draw closer to God and allow her relationship with him to mold her into a woman that will be ready for a serious relationship when the time comes. Lastly, though, I hope that she can just have fun with her family over the coming weeks and that her time with them on the whole will have all of the things that she loves most about being home. All right, so it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion this week? Well, as I was preparing and deciding what to suggest, I was having trouble thinking about what I wanted to say. And then I got something in the mail that made me think, oh, this is what you can suggest. So <laughs> I'm suggesting Bombas socks. That's B-O-M-B-A-S. And I think it's funny that at Christmas time, we sometimes joke around about receiving socks. I think especially like as a kid, <laughs> if you ever remember receiving socks, it could be super disappointing. Like I thought it was going to be a toy. Um but my husband and I have actually begun to ask for socks over the years. He is the one who started by asking for Bombas. And then I think I maybe asked for Smart Wool at some point. But I'm now getting my own Bombas. They're essentially really nice socks that are fitted to the contours of your feet. So they just feel really nice. Mm-hmm. Particularly great for um, like if you're athletic in any way. They're um, kind of ankle run- running socks are probably like what, what they're known for. Um and one bonus is that for every pair you purchase, Bombas donates a pair of socks. So that's just kind of part of their business model, mm-hmm. which I really love. And they also have an amazing um, happiness guarantee, what they call it. So if you have issues with your socks, for instance, I had bought some long like merino wool ones and they just wore through a lot quicker than I had thought that they would. Um, they're just made differently than than the running socks. And so I contacted them and they replaced all, all four pairs that I had purchased oh. that had gotten holes in them because... I think I just, I just wore them really, really intensely, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But anyway, I love these socks, Bomba socks. Go treat yourself to some socks. I think maturing is realizing that socks are not a bad Christmas present. Oh, that's <laughs> definitely a mark of maturity. Yeah. <laughs> well, my suggestion this week is an album called Joy to the World by Acoustic Eidolon. It is really, really, really lovely music that I never get tired of hearing. I was introduced to it by my in-laws. They listen to it every year. And it's quite enough that it can be played in the background. Um, it's, it's just instrumental music. Um, but it has this undoubtedly merry feel hmm. to it that will just make you feel so warm and Christmassy. And 
it, it, it's, it sounds like if, um, basically like if you can imagine what sitting by the fire with hot chocolate would sound like, that's what it sounds like. So if, it, if that were a song or an album, yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So everyone go ahead and check out joy to the world by acoustic Eidolon. And if I may this week, I would like to give kind of a bonus suggestion of a sort that is a little bit self-serving, <laughs> but I recently released a guided journal um, called the wallflower journal, a guided journal for the woman who desires to deepen her inner world. And it's a 100 day journal. And every entry begins with a quote from an author or historical figure or philosopher or even a fictional character. And it's followed by a deep and probing question that inspires the journaler to search the inner world that God has created within her. And the questions center around relationships, mental health, faith, body image, lifestyle, and so much more. And so I would just love to suggest that if you yourself have been thinking about getting a new journal for the beginning of 2024, um, or if there's a woman in your life that you have been wondering what to get her for Christmas, consider looking into this journal. It is one that I hope will lead women to a better and deeper understanding of the beautiful interior world that exists within them. All right, to wrap up this episode, this last episode of the year, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can check out my blog posts at edenandme.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal for articles about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you in the new year. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.